Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast. My name is Billy Leroy, and as always, I'm joined by my co-star, Taylor Raglan. Yes, I'm also here. I'm driving a moving vehicle right now. This is our this is our first episode um, living the concept that we had for the 30-Minute Misconduct Podcast, which is our conversations on the way home from... Uh, from Dallas Stars games, I made my first appearance at the uh, the six five preseason loss tonight to the Colorado Avalanche, and here we are in my uh, my Dodge Ram pickup, headed home and and uh, talking stars and and uh, doing the thing that we uh, we wanted to do when we set out with this uh, with this podcast. So yeah, looking forward to it. Taylor finally joined us for the 2018-2019 season, his first game of the season, and coincidentally, the first two home games were wins. And then Taylor decided to join us this evening, and look what happened. Yeah, I take no blame. I take no blame for uh, for preseason losses or for any losses. I'll take credit for all wins, but I'll take zero credit for all losses. That's kind of how my uh, my stars record operates. I'm I'm definitely the reason. Uh, whenever I come back after a lengthy break, uh, that they win, and it is certainly not my fault uh, when I come back after a break and they lose. Tonight was also very special because we were joined by our good friend Kalen. Who's, who's being our backseat driver. She doesn't want to be on the show, but she's here with us driving back from a 6-5 to five Stars loss to end the preseason schedule and setting us up for Thursday night, opening night, against the Arizona Coyotes. So why don't we talk about tonight's game? It's kind of rare that we have a Sunday game to talk about during our Sunday episode because we typically do episodes on Sunday and Wednesday, and finally we had a game lineup with that. So... Why don't we talk about what we just saw at American Airlines Center? Well, it's rare that you know we have a Sunday game in general to to talk about for a Sunday episode, but also during the preseason, we don't have a. We're kind of known, uh, and fans have made it apparent at this point that you know Stars aren't aren't a team that usually plays on the weekends in general during the preseason. So it was nice uh, for me, at least. You know, everything's pretty hectic with me as far as work goes and and covering high school sports right now. So it was nice to get out here on a Sunday. Uh, for you know, just a preseason game and, and get to see the team, but I don't know, man. It was you know, it was a it was a six five loss, but one that I thought you know not to to disparage Colton Point and, and his play, um, you know, but but one that I felt like the Stars probably would have come away with had they had a, a an NHL goaltender in net. I thought Point played fine, but I think even he would tell you that you know there were some shots from you know no pun intended from the Point. Um, you know that that he didn't track all the way, and and uh, not necessarily softies or, or goals that that shouldn't have been allowed. But you know maybe Ben Ben Bishop makes some of those saves, and uh, the game's a little bit differently. So I don't put a lot of stock in in the final score on this one. Um, you know Anton Hudobin and, and Ben Bishop were both out, so it was points game, and he played the entire game, uh, which is a unique situation. So. Um, I don't put a lot of stock in the six-five, uh, the six-five loss. I put more stock in, in just some of the things that we saw um, on the night, and and I liked what I saw. I guess in general, I think that the one thing that did stick out to me was that a lot of this game was played between the special teams, which is uh, to be expected, I guess, in the preseason when when teams are a little bit less disciplined, a little bit sloppier, just kind of ready to get to the regular season. But at the same time, you know, it's something that the stars have to clean up. I, I think that. As good as I think their power play will be this year, and and as good as I think their penalty kill will probably be, just with the talent uh, and the aggressiveness that that this roster has the potential to 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 play with, um, it's 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 never going to work out 
if you spend most of the game on the kill or, or you spend more time on the kill than you do on the on the uh, on the man advantage so I think that's maybe the one takeaway that's a little a little nerve-wracking a little scary if you're a stars fan but um, you know they got a couple days to clean that up before uh, before opening night I think Radulov is is kind of my, my big takeaway from that it seems like all his penalties are stick penalties and and he had a a stick penalty in the early going tonight in the first period that led immediately to a an avalanche goal. So kind of more of the same from him. So I I trust uh, Jim Montgomery to to clean some of that stuff up before the uh, before the the puck drops on opening night. And and like I said, I don't put a lot of stock into it in the uh, in the preseason as well. But um, overall, I thought it was you know a pretty good effort, pretty good way to end the preseason. We even saw a fight, which <laughs> I mean you have to be pretty angry. Ian Cole and Brett Ritchie went after it, and, and Brett Ritchie. Uh, ended up with the uh, the ten minute misconduct tacked on to the fighting penalty, but um, you got to be you got to be pretty mad, I think, to, to to fight in the preseason. So that was a little strange to see for sure to see Cole skating off the ice, bleeding from the eyebrow um, in a preseason game. But overall, I thought it was a pretty good effort, and and I don't really care much about you know whatever the score ended up because at this point it's it's pretty much all about Thursday night and and getting in some regular season hockey. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it, but. Um, it kind of they started off very slowly kind of like they did in St. Louis which made Jim Montgomery mad it was the first time we'd seen him like really show some negativity after a loss he was questioning the effort level by the team when they were in St. Louis and this game kind of started off slow too uh, the Avalanche got that quick goal and then it was it Dickinson or who, who ended up getting that four minute minor it was Dickinson I don't know if it was actually him Looking at the replay, it looked like Heiskanen actually got his stick up in there too. But it was kind of both of them on, you know, a, a, a kind of a busted play, and both of them were were defending a, an Avalanche player coming into the zone, and somebody got their stick up, and somebody bled apparently, and, and Dixon ended up taking the the four minute major. I mean the the double minor. So, uh, yeah, he was the one in the box for sure. So, it was a quick two nothing deficit, but then the Stars quickly got it back in the first period before allowing the third one to make it three to two after the first period. And then I think from there it was four to two, and then five or four to. The second period I believe ended um, either five to two or five to three. I believe that it was uh, the Avalanche only had the one goal to make it uh, the to get to their six in the third period, and the Stars uh, came back with with one late to uh, to make it six to five so maybe it was five to three after the second it was five uh, to three after the second yeah, and then and it then was the, six to three yeah, yeah. and then the stars scored something like that the stars scored what three more no two more to make it six to five and they really had a legitimate chance at tying the game before the fifth goal was scored Radulov had that glorious chance in front where he was past the puck and then he like just kind of held on to it and hesitated and he didn't I mean he really wasn't in good position to score from there anyway but if they get that in and then they take advantage of a couple of those other opportunities we're looking at possibly six to six going into overtime a crazy high scoring game but it doesn't matter now the preseason is over we are heading into opening night on Thursday but first tomorrow night is Dallas Stars season ticket holder night at Six Flags. The Stars will be taking over Six Flags from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. And if you're not familiar with this event, if you're not a season ticket holder, every year for the last three or four seasons, the Stars give uh, the season ticket holders a gift by taking over half of Six Flags to ring in the new year. And so what happens is 
half of the park is open, half the rides are open, and you basically have two options. You can either wait in line to get your picture with a player or get an autograph, or you can wait in a shorter line and just simply go on the ride. And they finally figured that out after the first couple of years where you'd be waiting in line for like an hour and a half to get on a ride simply because a player was there. And so they figured out this new system where if you just want to simply ride rides, you can basically have no wait. So this is something that I think myself and a couple of my buddies look forward to because it's a rare chance to literally have no waits for rides and see the players too. It's like a really cool way to begin the season. I don't think you've ever been, right, Taylor? No, I have not, and I will not be attending this year. Uh, my parents are the uh, the uh, the holders of our season tickets officially, and they uh, they're going to get off work tomorrow and, and go and do that whole thing. And, and I won't be in attendance, sadly. But you somehow uh, you somehow wriggled your way into going, even though you're not a season ticket holder at the moment. So uh, I know you'll be out there and you'll be sending me updates, but. I think the the interesting thing for me is, you know, it's it's something that you don't think about a lot, but you know, with events like this, I know they they kind of just uh, you know run out the uh, the star players. Tyler Sagan will be there, and, and Jamie Benn, and all. Not the guys. usually the entire roster is there, and and they and they have to run out those star guys. But but your point is, you know, the the roster is is kind of where I was going with it because it's, I mean, it's it's time to start making some of those cuts and it's time to start. It's time to start figuring out who's going to be on this team, and and that was kind of one of my uh, one of my other takeaways from tonight. I know Gavin Bayreuther was 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 playing for potentially that that uh, that seventh D man spot um, along with Roman Polak, which you know I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they'll lean this way just because of Polak's history and and the uh, I don't know just kind of the veteran nature of of uh, him and his game. But there were a lot of kind of uh, battles tonight that that are always interesting to watch, you know, as the preseason winds down. I think Brett Ritchie is a guy that has had a a down couple of seasons and and is really kind of fighting for a spot more than, um, you know, no pun intended, he actually fought tonight, but fighting for a spot more than he usually is. And and Jason Dickinson had a pretty good game, although he was kind of gifted that goal by the Avalanche. So it's it's definitely interesting to, uh, I mean, you're going to be out there you're going to be out there watching the uh, watching the guys uh, rub elbows with all the fans and all everything at, at Six Flags tomorrow. But this week for me is definitely going to be about uh, you know just kind of watching the roster develop and, and who gets sent down and um, you know who who ends up on this opening night roster if if Stephen Johns is healthy and and if he isn't who takes that spot and and all that kind of stuff because I think there's uh, there's some pretty interesting decisions to be made for the Stars this season for sure. And that's the other interesting thing that. Um, we've noticed over these last couple preseason games that there's a couple of guys that they're saying have minor muscle strains. And tonight it was spo- we were supposed to see Bishop and Hudobin, I believe. I mean, I think Bishop was going to play the entire game, but Hudobin was supposed to back him up. And it turns out that neither goalie was available for tonight's game. So you're looking at Bishop and Hudobin possibly with some I mean, it could be very, very minor because I think at this point in the preseason, if you even have like a hangnail, you're not going to play. And in addition to the two of those guys, you had Val. They said Val had him practice in a couple of days and that he also has the quote-unquote muscle strain. And then uh, I think it was the St. Louis game was the first time we had seen Sagan in a few games because he had some weird, mysterious thing going on. And then, of course, you have Steven Johns who hasn't played at all and I'm guessing probably won't even... I mean, there's. I, th- I think they're still saying that he's going to be in for opening night. Well, I think that I think that 
like you said, all injuries in the preseason are, are typically minor. Um, they certainly will come out and say if, if somebody, um, you know, is, is unlucky enough to, you know, have a, a serious injury occur in the preseason when, when the games don't matter, that's something that will typically come out. So if guys are just banged up and guys are being held out of games, it's, it's more likely that, you know, they're very minor um, nicks as they, as they use for Tyler Sagan for so long and, and bruises and soreness and, and little, uh, little muscle injuries and stuff. But I think the one, you know, for my money, that's the most interesting is, is Steven Johns, kind of like I alluded to a second ago. If, if Steven Johns can't go on, on Thursday, if, if he's, you know, not quite ready or, you know, he needs a week or two or so to, to get back into shape, um, to be ready to, to, uh, play in the regular season, I think that's very interesting because that opens up a spot on the on the defense for you know a, a guy to step up and then another guy to come onto the roster as as potentially a seventh uh, seventh defenseman, which is maybe where you know Bayreuther comes in. Um, you know maybe Polak gets a little bit more playing time than he otherwise would. Uh, I mean it's 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 definitely an interesting situation, but I think on the whole, you know, with with the injuries that that the Stars have experienced in the preseason. Um, it's kind of like every team, you know, guys are coming back from, you know, long summers of training and, and getting back into game speed and, you know, maybe a muscle sore here or, or something just kind of twinges there and, and it's nothing serious. And, and I think they would be upfront if it were something serious, but I, I truly believe that most of the injuries that the, that the team is going through are, are pretty minor, but it can have some impact on, on roster spots and some impact on, uh, maybe young guys that, that get called up or, or get to start the season with the big club even if they're not going to be there for a while, which, you know, can, can go a long way toward confidence and, and go a long way toward kind of, uh, you know, building up, uh, building up that, that reservoir of young players that, that potentially are needed in, you know, the February and the March and the April games where, you know, this, the injuries are a little bit more serious or guys have to miss some time. So, um, I, for my money though, like I said, the one to watch is Johns and, and, uh, if they, if they feel like they need to pull somebody up or carry another defenseman that they, uh, they otherwise wouldn't have to start the regular season. I think overall you'd say that the preseason itself was pretty good considering all things. I yeah. mean, it was 4-2-1, and one, which obviously the record doesn't really matter much in preseason, but it was our first look at Jim Montgomery behind the bench and seeing the kind of style he's going to bring and the way he engages with the media in the post-game interviews. And then it was our first look at Heiskanen. And then I think even you look at Rope Hints. He yeah. made a big impact this preseason. He and should make the roster in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's close. Right now, the way that, that Brett Ritchie has played the last couple of years, and, and I know another wrinkle that, you know, a lot of a lot of fans don't think about is that, you know, guys like Brett Ritchie that have, that have been around a while, those are guys that you can't send down lightly because they have to go through, you know, the waiver wire. They have to go through waivers to, to be sent down and, and to be somewhere else. Um, and, and a guy like Brett Ritchie, that may be the last time you see him. If you determine that you'd rather have Rupe Hintz on your on your opening night roster than Brett Ritchie or, or whatever the case may be, I'm not sure that's exactly the the one for one that would be the the best example. But you know, whatever the case may be, if if you determine that you want one of these younger guys and you're going to send down a little bit more established player, you know, it's it's a uh, it's a risky maneuver because it's almost guaranteed that somebody in the league, somebody in the NHL, is going to want a guy like Brett Ritchie on their team. Somebody's going to want that guy playing on the fourth line. Somebody's going to want that guy in the lineup, you know, every night. So, you know, it's it's a time of year where decisions have to be made, and and, and Jim Nill gets a lot of credit for the big splashy trades and and um, 
the the calling up of players and all that sort of thing. But this is, you know, in my opinion, one of the more critical times of every season because you got to weigh who you want to start the year, whose confidence you kind of want to bolster, and and who out of the guys that have to go through waivers are worth, you know, maybe trying that process, which is always kind of a scary proposition for sure. And it seems like opening night is going to be very critical. I feel like last season when the Stars played the Vegas Golden Knights on opening night and well, who knew about that, man? Good Lord. I mean, who knew that would be such an omen for, uh, you know, the season that Vegas would have and the team that they would be? I mean, at the time, we were all running around like chickens with their heads cut off because we were, you know, we were upset and, and with the stars showing. But, I mean, who knew that that team would be that good? But but I definitely agree. I mean, it's important. Thursday is certainly important. Well, I know, but, like, nobody expected Vegas to be good at that point. And so you're looking at it as you're playing an expansion team. So there's no reason why you should lose on opening night. And then this year, you've got the Arizona Coyotes, who, as most people know, aren't that great. And so I feel like Thursday is a huge opportunity for these guys to put together a great performance. It'll be Montgomery's first game. I'm sure he's going to be expecting a relentless attack from the beginning. And I feel like just after the way last season unfolded, and then not making the playoffs even the previous season, you really need to have a good start. And playing somebody like the Arizona Coyotes is the perfect way to come out strong, get a huge blowout win, and just set the tone for this season and say that this is not going to be like the past two seasons where you see average play night in, night in and night out. Like, this is going to be different. Yeah, for me, I mean, I won't even, I won't even say that the – that my opinion of this team or, or how they start the season rides on the result Thursday because it, it truly doesn't because I think Arizona is a team that's up and coming um, and, and, and has a lot to play for as far as just pure hunger and, and young guys kind of wanting to, to forge their path in this league and, and kind of announce that you know they're, they're not going to be rolled over this season to the extent that they have been lately. Um, Clayton Keller was a guy that I got to watch play at Boston University where, where I did my grad school and and that guy's for real. That guy has the ability to be one of the best players in the league, um, especially offensively. That guy is, is supremely talented, and, and they have a lot of other guys around him that are very talented. And that's what happens when you're down for a while. I mean, you you get to draft talent, you get to uh, to ship away um, you know veterans for talent, and you get to you get to start the the rebuilding process. And and I I really feel like they're a team that's going to come hard, and they're going to come with with some stuff to prove and and. So for me, it's it, it's not about if the Stars go out and win Thursday necessarily. You know, if they if they somehow lose to to Arizona or, or they slip up and you know, let's say they they lose in overtime or they lose in regulation four two or four three or something like that. That's not the end all be all of of what my evaluation of Thursday night's uh, opener is going to be. For me, it's going to be the buy in to Montgomery's system. I think is important. I think it's a lot of the reason why they had a successful preseason and I want to see them carry that over. I think the buy-in to the, the, the aggressive, um, you know, style of play and, and, and quick and transition and, um, kind of, kind of unified, um, you know, toward getting the puck out of the defensive zone and, and going with speed and creating turnovers and just all the things that Montgomery preaches as, as far as the effort and, and the style of play. I'm going to be looking for those things on Thursday as opposed to strictly, you know, are we going to start 
the year with a win or a loss. You know, those things are more important. Are they buying into the system? Are they playing the way that he wants them to? Do they have a, a good showing? Um, and then you go from there because, you know, one out of 82, even if it's the first one, it's still one out of 82. So, you know, beyond the win or loss, I just kind of want to see if they come out and, and play with some of that, uh, some of that edge and, and some of that, some of that energy that, that he's been trying to instill this preseason for sure. During the Lindy Ruff era, I remember vividly sitting there seeing the team charge up the ice and you could just feel the energy with how fast they were coming up the ice. That During the beginning of the Lindy Ruff era, for sure, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like Every time, it's like whenever the Blackhawks are here and whenever Patrick Kane touches the puck and like the stupid Blackhawks fans start going crazy, it was just like that. Every time the Stars would charge up the ice during the beginning of the Lindy Ruff era, there was just this feeling in the crowd like, here comes the goal. And during the first two home preseason games this season, I kind of felt that at times. I was telling Taylor during the game that it seemed like the big takeaway for me was that in like the first half of every period, the Stars came out charging. They were relentless like Monty wants them to be. And there were just so many offensive chances, and you would see a lot of scoring chances. But then it kind of flatlined in the second half of the period. But then these last two games, the game in St. Louis and then the game tonight, you really didn't see them dominating any portion of the game. There were some uh, moments late in this one where they had the puck for a long time, just chance after chance. But I just I can't wait to see that same feeling I got when Lindy Ruff was here, when the team starts charging up the ice, and you just feel like there's going to be a goal. You talked about tonight where Honka, I think under like a Ken Hitchcock system, you'd see him kind of timidly come up the ice slowly, might pass it off to somebody. But Honka charges up the ice, takes it himself over the blue line, and then draws a penalty. You wouldn't have seen that last year. And so Yeah, yeah absolutely. That was that was my I mean, maybe my number one play of the night or, or takeaway from the night and, and it's something I've kind of been high on and, and harping on, you know, throughout this this preseason is you know, I'm ready for, for Honka to have the year that I think he's capable of having. I think that he is supremely talented offensively. I think he's very creative. I think that, you know, he's a guy that um, you know, likes to play with speed and, and likes to play in space. And, and that's the kind of guy I feel like Jim Montgomery is going to say, you know what, if, if you've got the puck in the defensive zone and, and you don't see a clean outlet pass, but you got space in front of you, just go. Just do what you did tonight. Take it up the ice, get across the blue line, get in the offensive zone, start the cycle. I mean, do the, do the things that, that your natural ability and your talent let you do. Be aggressive be offensive minded be you know it's 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 a different mindset certainly than than what Ken Hitchcock brought last season and I'm not saying one's better than another but I think that and I, and I talked about this maybe in our first episode um, you know a, a couple weeks ago is that the way this this star's roster is composed and, and the players that are on this roster their skill sets are much more they're geared toward aggression and speed and play in space and taking advantage of, of turnovers and going the other way with speed um, and, and working on you know getting out of their own zone with speed and I say the word speed several times you know intentionally I think this roster is built that way um, we actually had a question on on Twitter um, I don't remember who exactly asked it we can <laughs> we can certainly tag them in the in the in the podcast post or, or whatever but um, you know if, if I would straight up take you know TJ Brody from Calgary right now if you know if if that trade were offered for you know maybe a, a second round pick in Honka and and honestly right now I'm not sure there's a, there's a whole lot I would trade Honka for because I'm not ready to to pull the trigger on that despite 
the the kind of slow start he's had to his time in the NHL. I'm not ready to pull the trigger on that because I mean, yeah, a guy like Brody is 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 a little bigger and a little more physical, and and you can argue whether or not you think that's important in a in a decor that kind of lacks that. I think Stephen Johns is the one guy that's you know really big and physical and kind of demanding um, on the puck, where you know a lot of you know the Honkas and Lindells and Klingbergs and Heiskanens aren't. Um, but but for me to to even consider dealing Honka or, or not having him here, I gotta see. I got to see three, four, five months of him in this kind of system. I got to see him, you know, making plays with the puck, kind of living in his element, uh, living with uh, with space and and with speed and and with creativity and and with an offensive mind that I don't think he's been allowed to have yet. So yeah, you you mentioned that play. That was, I mean, I I immediately said it when that happened tonight. I, I remember telling you how you know that's the kind of thing that that I want to see from him um, throughout the season. I want to see him confident I want to see him exit the zone with space and 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 not necessarily draw a penalty but you know just advance the puck and, and get in the offensive zone and, and that was a good sign and and honestly you know from the moment I heard that Montgomery was hired I've been excited for for the season that he can potentially have in, in that sort of system Honka never even had a chance last year he didn't at all we had the free Honka movement every night and so this will be he didn't fit I mean he didn't fit I don't think he fits in the kind of game that Ken Hitchcock wants to play I just don't think he does I don't think he's that kind of defenseman I think that had John Klingberg come into the league a couple years later he'd have been in the same boat you know Klingberg's one of the best defensemen in the league and you know Hitchcock played him last year because he's a top pairing defenseman on this team no questions asked but you know, when he came into the league, he reminded me a lot of what, what Honk is doing right now. Honestly, their games are a little similar, and, and kind of the the way they view the game is a little similar. And, and Klingberg has the benefit of a couple more years of maturity and, and a more secure roster spot. But, I mean, Honk just, I mean, like you said, he, he never had a shot last year because he just wasn't, he wasn't afforded the opportunity. And, and I don't even necessarily blame Hitchcock for that just because he, it, it's the kind of player that I don't think really, really messed with the kind of system and the kind of defensive, uh, defensive mindset that that he wanted to be the norm and and be the be the standard for the Stars last year. I am ready to see some goals. I'm so happy to have some offense back in here. And even tonight, we got to see what you talked about the, one of the patented Klingberg moves, where he's tap dancing the toe, uh, the blue line, and then I think it was Ben who tipped it in. Yes, it was. It was. There was some controversy at first whether it was Spetzer or Ben, but I immediately had it as Ben. I think he was right in front of, kind of right outside the crease, and and it, he was announced as as a goal scorer. So I think it was him. But yeah, it was. You know, as far as special teams, I I kind of harped on being on the penalty penalty kill. I should say too often tonight. But you know, for all that, for all that being said, the power play did look fine. I mean, I think that this Stars power play has the potential to be certainly top 10 in the league this year if not you know top five if they're fired on all senators cylinders there's just there's too much talent you know up and down the stars lineup if you run out a first power play unit of Sagan Ben maybe Radulov is the other forward who knows Klingberg Honka Lindell I mean there's just throw any grouping of five out there on the power play and there's so much skill and talent and chemistry that I mean, there's no reason that that unit shouldn't be one of the best in the league. So, yeah, we, we definitely saw glimpses of that, especially with, like you said, the you know some of the goals that, that they scored tonight. It's funny when you look back on, back on it in retrospect now, just thinking about how it really made no sense to have Ken Hitchcock style here when you've got these players that are all about offense. And it's like 
I, I feel like for that entire season, those guys that are used to just going out there and just putting on a show were told to do something that doesn't make sense for them, and like they just couldn't play the way they normally would. And now it, it feels like they're going to finally be able to return to their normal selves and, you know, start dominating again. Well, I think it's a, it's kind of a best of both worlds, as cliche as that sounds, because, you know, with Lindy Ruff in here, especially the last time the Stars made the playoffs, they were completely 100% bought in on speed, um, you know, let's beat teams 5-4, to 6-5, to five, crazy scores, let's, let's you know, put the puck on the, on the sticks of our best players and, and make some goals and use our talent and really lean on that. And then Hitchcock was obviously the opposite, very defensive-minded and, and kind of old school, obviously having been here for, you know, the, some of the franchise's most successful years um, in the only Stanley Cup. But now, I mean, Jim Montgomery is a guy that, that's from the Ken Hitchcock School of Coaching. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he is very influenced by, by Hitch and, and guys like that and, and, and kind of the way he views taking care of the puck, possessing the puck, um, kind of keying on, on defense and, and being solid. But at the same time, he's got a little Lindy and he's got a little new school and he's got a little, uh, a little NCAA hockey, I guess, if, if you want to put it that way, in him as far as you know, letting some of that creativity roam and, and letting, even in the structure, I think the penalty kill is even a good example because I think that, that he likes to run a, a box, which is, you know, literally what it sounds like, the four guys on the penalty kill uh, kind of make a box in the defensive zone. But he also lets, you know, within that structure, he allows for some more roaming and, and creativity and, and pressure and, and kind of free form that, that you may not typically see. So it's a good mixture of kind of the high-flying, uh, risk-it-all, uh, lean-on-skill version of hockey that got the Stars in the playoffs under Lindy Ruff with, you know, the, the proven old-school defensive mentality of Ken Hitchcock that didn't work last year but, but I think has been proven to be successful in the past. So I'm interested to see how kind of that hybrid uh, works and, and I feel like that may be exactly kind of the, the mixture that, that this Stars roster needs. Well, I think I speak for all of us when I say that I have had enough of this preseason and I am ready for the season to begin. I think uh, the other big takeaway for me is that electric scooters are the way <laughs> to go for all future Stars games. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was uh, it was in doubt when we showed up. We parked down by the Hard Rock. Um, and, and well, no, 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 you can't give people our, we won't our, give away our away. secret spot. I'm just I'm just giving a landmark. That's how far we were from the stadium. I mean, it's uh, maybe not quite a mile, but it's pretty good ways down there, um, all the way down, kind of uh, kind of equal with the Perot ish. Uh, so I mean, it's a it's a ways down there, and and it used to be all about the line bike. It used to be all about the uh, the ten or fifteen minute walk. Uh, but today we uh, we went for the scooters and and yeah man it uh, I don't know if, if people saw on Twitter or not but it worked out it was uh, it was a quick and efficient way to get to the stadium and it saved us the walk and uh, definitely not as much of an eyesore I guess <laughs> downtown as those damn bikes were I remember driving down uh, in Dallas at the height of the uh, the bike crisis where you know you couldn't go one intersection without there being 50 bikes piled up but. Uh, yeah, we got you on one today. You were a little nervous at first, I feel like, to hop on the scooter and, and feel the power underneath your feet there. But we got you on one, and everything uh, everything worked out in the end. And we were uh, we were there early for the game, even with uh, with the help of the motors. Yeah, 
Taylor makes it sound like he's, you know, he was all in on these scooters from the moment we arrived. Hey, let's let's, uh, let's just say who got on one first. Who got on one first? We were the ones who were trying to get him to go on the scooters, and he's like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. You know, we're too old for that. I never said we're too old. I'm never too old for anything. <laughs> but we finally convinced him to do it, and then all three of us got on our scooters, and it was actually a lot of fun. Uh... They go a lot faster than I had anticipated. See, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You were so nervous. You are so nervous. You just couldn't handle the uh, the acceleration. But, uh, well, I like to follow the rules, and if you look at the uh, the footing of the scooter, it specifically says you must always wear a helmet and you must always ride on the street, and we did neither of those two things. But it did make for some good content because we got a nice picture together and we got some video taken by the paparazzi. So... It ended up being a really fun way to get to games, and I think we'll be doing it more often. <laughs> Probably for you, will become a part of the uh, pregame routine. I don't know how it snuck its way in there with how uh, particular you are about uh, about your pregame uh, rituals and, and everything that goes into those. But, yeah, we uh, if you guys look carefully when you show up to Stars games, get there about 15, 20 minutes before... Uh, for pregame warm-ups, and you may see a wild Billy Leroy riding around on a, uh, a lime scooter. He's, uh, I think he's all in. Wouldn't that be something? And speaking of rituals, this is the 30-minute mispo- misconduct podcast, and we have reached our 30-minute threshold. So we are going to say goodbye for now. Tomorrow night is C- Six Flags night, season ticket holder event at Six Flags. So we'll be seeing you there, hopefully. And... From there, we will talk to you again on Wednesday with a full preview of the opening night festivities to get you ready for all things opening night. Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait for the chance to... I mean, we've, we've talked on this podcast before how you're kind of the uh, the guy, the, the go-to guy, I should say, for the things that surround the game and the traditions and the, the paraphernalia and the, the fandom. But I'm looking forward Wednesday to maybe diving in a little bit to uh, some of the roster decisions will have been decided by then, some of the guys that are staying and going and, and kind of the final composition. And, and I can't wait to, to kind of take a deep dive into that a little bit and, and uh, see what the what the Stars are going to run out Thursday for uh, the first one that counts, man. The first one that counts. We finally made it. Maybe Jeff K. will get to say Rope Hints. I think so. I mean, I for my money, I think Hentz makes the opening night roster. I think you have to take a look at Bayreuther if Johns is hurt. I think he's had a pretty good... There's been times he's looked very young um, on the defensive side of the puck, I guess, if you want to put it that way. But I think he's made a case for himself to be kind of that first call-up uh, on defense. But, yeah, for my money, obviously Heisenin's going to make it and be a, a very key part. And then I think Hentz would be the, uh, the other one I'd be willing to uh, maybe put a bet down on as far as... Uh, Guys, young guys that, that were kind of up in the air on the bubble making the opening night roster. I think he had a very impressive preseason. I think the team is the team would be better for him in the uh, in the bottom six for sure. Okay, with that being said, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we'll see you again on Wednesday. Do you have anything to say, Kalen? Go Stars! <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard it here first. Go Stars. We that's, will... that's it, you heard it here first. Go Stars. Go Stars. <laughs> We will see you on Wednesday. Have fun at Six Flags tomorrow night. And we'll see what happens over these next couple of days with the roster moves and see who ends up being in the final opening night roster. But from there, we'll talk to you on Wednesday.